Hey everyone, it's Pastor Jacob. Hope this message gives you encouragement, perspective, and revelation from God to give to others. Also, don't forget to follow us on our Instagram page, Fusion Student Media, and also follow me on Instagram, at Jacob underscore Malasa underscore. We hope you enjoyed the message. All right. How's it going, everybody? It's Pastor Jacob. I'm very excited to do this podcast we're finally getting back into the podcast uh, flow. Uh, we posted Burning for Passion last week. So if you haven't heard that message, go and hear that message before you click on this podcast. Because this is, I decided since we're not having, uh, obviously not having service. And I, and I kind of want to talk about that before I continue. Um, I know this situation has been very heavy lately for a lot of people. And because of the coronavirus, there's not a lot of, obviously, there's no more social gatherings for the next two weeks or month. And it's very discouraging for me as a, as, as your youth pastor, I can't hang out with you guys as much anymore until we can get it resolved. And it's very unsettling and very upsetting that I can't be with you guys. But I want to encourage you, keep the joy of the Lord active in your life. There was this one post by this doctor. I believe she's Christian. Let me pull it up because it's really good because it really helps you understand like um, as a believer, you we should be living up or living by this because it's so good. Her name is Dr. Caroline Leaf and she said this, one minute of anger weakens your immune system for four to five hours. One minute, but one minute of laughter boosts your immune system for 24 hours. And she said in her post, yep, I know it's hard right now, but let's laugh at this. Laughter is good medicine. And it's so true because the Bible does say laughter is like medicine for the soul. Like, I highly encourage you, like, go watch funny videos, go hang out with some friends, crack jokes. Keep keep the joy, keep your laughter up and at it. The Bible says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. So rely on the joy of the Lord in this time. Because even though we can't be together and we can't hang out, we can't play pool or you can't hear a fire message, like whatever, even though you're not here and you can't experience it here, you can still experience it at home. Because guess what? I can't I can't walk with you and God in your walk. With the Lord. It's between you and God. And so that's why take this time to just get along with God. Keep keep on laughing. Keep the laughter going. I'm telling you, as I'm as I'm not able to come, we're not be able to do service as much, and we're and we're also about to get out of school as well. I'm telling you, go hang Go watch funny videos. I'm doing it. I'm gonna watch as many funny videos as I can because it's gonna be very exciting to just laugh and chill and and even be with family. This is the perfect time. If you are if you are distant with someone in your family, please reconcile. This is the time to reconcile with family members, people you love and care about, forgiving other people. I'm telling you, this is the time that you can do it. And I'm so I'm so thankful that even though this coronavirus has really hindered our life and has brought a lot of our life life worth to a halt. This is the time where we get to pursue God in a time where it's just us and him and us and our loved ones. 
And so I highly recommend get alone with God. Keep on laughing. Don't get upset. Like she said, laughter, if you, one minute of laughter gives the, it gives the strength to the immune system for 24 hours. That's an amazing statistic that I think we all need to follow is that learn to laugh. Cause guess what? If you laughing, huh, Bob the coronavirus, you'll, you need to understand this. That even though this is something that's happening that we never thought would happen before, it's going to get better. And we need to understand that God has control. God is still God. It's not that he just, the the coronavirus is here and now God's at a distance. No, God is still with us. He's still present. And so I encourage you, keep on pursuing God. Read your word. Pray to him. Seek the Lord in this time. And don't forget to laugh. Laugh with friends. Laugh with your family members. Watch funny freaking videos. I'm doing it for sure. And so I love you guys. I hope that was encouraging. Now let's get to the Q&A. Let me pray us in before we continue, and then we'll I'll give you a recap of the sermon of last week. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Lord, we praise you. Lord, you have not wasted a thing. You have set us in motion with this pandemic. But Lord, we understand that you have it under control. You know what you're doing. You control the narrative, Father. This is what you're doing. If if you are using this for the good of you and your people, Lord, let it be done here. Let it be done. Let your will be done on earth as it already is in heaven. Lord, we glorify you. Lord, I pray any anxiety that they're feeling on this podcast, any stress, maybe not from the coronavirus, but even in their own life, in their own mental state. Father, I pray that you give them peace that passes all understanding. I plead the blood of Jesus over every anxiety, every oppression, every depression, Father. I pray that you are showing them that they are your children and that your promises are true and they're noble. And Lord, we pray for this. Lord, I pray for the rest of this podcast. Father, I pray that this podcast they, speaks to them, even though it's just qu- answering questions. Father, I pray that they can take these questions and answer it for themselves within you, within them reading your word. Father, I pray that you are giving us a greater perspective every time we read your word. And it's in Jesus' mighty and precious, powerful, miraculous name we pray. Amen. And amen. Still got my coffee. It's kind of cold because I waited a little while to record, but it's okay. All right, let us recap the sermon, and then we'll get into the questions that we had written out. So last week I preached about uh, purity, sex, relationships, etc. We taught the title of it was called "Burning with Passion." I read the main scripture was First Corinthians seven eight through nine. Also, if you're listening to this podcast, if you want to. I mean, I encourage you to do it. I hope you do. Please take notes and like just even with the, not even with the recap, if you want to take notes on the recap that I'm, that I'm saying, then you can take notes, but take notes on, um, the questions, write the questions down, write the scripture I'm going to reference in the questions because I think you can take this and you can put this into your culture, wherever culture you're in at school, um, at your work, at, at your job. Look, if you're working, I know a lot of us aren't working right now and school's out, but like take this and run with it for the future. Amen. Um, 
So burning with passion, 1 Corinthians 7, 8 through 9. Now to the unmarried and the widows, I say it is good for them to stay unmarried as I do. But if they cannot control themselves, they should marry, for it is better to marry than to burn with passion. And I created, I, I gave you guys this perspective of Paul is speaking this from uh, relatable, like he's being relatable. Um, he says in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty nine, who is weak and I do not feel weak? Who is led into sin and yet I do not inwardly burn? And I wanted you guys to understand that Paul's going through the same thing. So basically, he's not speaking from a theological or judgmental perspective. He's actually saying, preaching it from a compassionate perspective, saying, hey, I go through the same thing. Even though he's talking about sin, he's talking, I get it. I get, like, the the sexual passion. Who is weak when I do not feel weak? He understands, and he gives compassion. Um. I talked about how fire, uh, when he talks about burn with passion, I thought of fire and I wrote and I, and I looked at, and I searched up a lot on fire. Fire is pure in its nature. It's comforting. It's a safe warmth. Fire is a good thing only when it has its parameters. So without parameters, it could, it could be things like the forest fire and the, the, the forest fire in Australia. It's, it's just there's no parameters and there's nothing for it to contain it. And that's what I preach on with sexual passion. And then I took you guys through the three S's of purity that we miss biblically. Uh, the first one was singleness, how I talked about burning a hole in your heart. Like it, when we wait so long in singleness, it burns a hole in our heart and we're just wanting to be in a relationship. I referenced verse eight in, in what was it? In uh, First Chronicles, I said, "Now to the unmarried and the widows, I say it is good for them to stay unmarried, as I do." And I wrote down, "This is a major dysfunction in our culture today, thinking that singleness is a horrible, and that you need a relationship to complete your purpose." On this earth, Paul proved this theory wrong. Not saying you should be single only if you're called to be. Like, 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 and that's the thing that people miss. Like, oh man, I don't want to be called to singleness. If God didn't call you to singleness, then you're then you can marry, get married. He's just trying. He's. I think Paul's giving a perspective of don't let your singleness be a dysfunction. Don't think that you need someone else in your life to complete your purpose. Paul's like, yo, I'm Paul the Apostle. I wrote the New Testament. I I, I, I preached the gospel to people, but I didn't have a wife. I didn't have someone beside me. So obviously you don't need to be single. Listen, I want to get married. I want to have a beautiful wife. I want beautiful kids. But what he's saying is, is that don't reject the singleness that you're in and accept it as a preparation phase. And I think we miss that. Sometimes we need to prepare ourselves mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally for that with the singleness. And the singleness really helps with that. Another thing that I kind of broke down was finding the one. How I made the illustration, oh, um, if if you – what did I even say? I, I just went to a blank. That happens all the time and I hate it when that happens. <laughs> um uh, I made the illustration about how what if you marry the wrong person and then you'll have the wrong baby and then you ha they marry the wrong person. Like it's just a chain of – there's no foundation. It just crumbles on itself. 
But I'm not going to lie. I used to think that too, like that I thought I would find the one that I would marry. But I'm here to encourage you that it's not about finding the right one, finding the one. It's about you being the right one. That's what it means biblically because we want to find someone that's right for us. But in but it's the opposite. We need to become the example of being the right one for somebody else. And that's not a selfish thing. I think the other one is more selfish than this. I think us thinking, oh, I got to find the one for me. Like that's thinking about us. Because if we're thinking about us, when we think we are with the one and they and they don't meet our expectation that we have put in our in our mind, then it's like, man, you're not the greatest. Let's get a divorce or whatever that looks like. So I understand you need to be the right one. Instead of you thinking, what can they do for me? And, and you being the right one, as the Bible talks about it, that's about you. Hey, what can I be for this person? How can I be everything that I need to be for you? And that's a a, a, a humble thing to think about. Singleness is preparation. Because if you're wanting a Christ-centered relationship with the person you want to be with and you're yearning for that relationship, but you're single, this is how singles preparation. The bottom line, if you want a relationship, pursue God. That's what I put as the bottom line. Pursue God. Your main goal for relationships with the opposite sex is that you date them and get married. Because a lot of what culture thinks is that we need to test things, test people, which is the worst thing you could do because if you think that they're great, but they don't meet the expectation, so you you break up, date another one, oh, they're not that great, break up, but date another one, it makes it more difficult for you to stay with one person because now your heart's other places and now it's a lack of trust, like, oh, is she going to stay with me? Is she going to really commit to this or he's going to really commit? It just, it creates this disaster. If you've done it, you can, you can, be you can have the grace of God and still keep going and still pursue that relationship that leads to marriage because culture has changed everything about dating they really have but like i said if you're yearning for it pursue god if you let god be your first love then peep then you'll find that woman that amazing woman or that amazing man of god and they're going to have the love of god in them for you and you will see it but also be the right one for someone prepare yourself create character development. The second thing I talked about was sex, the mismanaged passions. I mentioned Exodus 2, 11 through 15, and I said, um, you know, when, when Moses saw one of his fellow Hebrews being beaten by an Egyptian, it lit a fire within him because God put a passion in Moses and put gave him a calling to set his people free. But even when God, even, did you know that even if God gives you a gift for something like sex, sex is a gift, even if it's a gift, it can it can be a gift to give you great potential, but it can also be meant to destroy you. And that's what happened with Moses. He saw the Egyptian beating the Hebrew, one of his own people. He had the right passion, but what happened was was that uh, verse twelve, looking this way and that, and seeing no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. The next day, he went out and saw two Hebrews fighting and asked one of them, the one that was hitting the wrong, he asked, bro, why are you hitting up your, your fellow Hebrew? Like, why are you hitting up your dog? And the, the Hebrew in the wrong said, who made you judge over us? You thinking of killing me too? 
And Moses was afraid, and he said, bro, they figured it out. You know, They must have become known. And that's when I made that point. Just because you try to hide sexual stuff that you've done in the under, and this is to everyone who thinks they can just hide stuff and things don't come out. It'll come out eventually. Verse 15 says, when Pharaoh heard of this, he tried to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in Midian, where he sat down by a well. See, right passion, wrong purpose. Because we want intimacy, we want, so that was another thing I had mentioned. We want, and I also recapped, we want intimacy. So we sit by the fire because it is cold out there in, in the cases of being lonely. Loneliness is not that great. And God never meant man to be alone. He says it in his word, man is not meant to be alone. We all have loneliness and we're longing for someone. It's just that we need to show that the fire is good and it's great, but without the parameters, a.k.a. like marriage, like example, if you put a fire in your house, but you don't have a parameter, you can burn your house to the ground. And then self-control. I reference Exodus 3, 2-3. There, there the angel of the Lord appeared to him in the flames of fire within a bush. Moses saw that uh, though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight. Why the bush does not burn up. And self-control is the fruit of the Spirit. It's not really a willpower. And I think people don't have it because, because they don't live in what the Holy Spirit's wanting, them, wanting to do in their life. Self-control, is, is it looks like this. You can burn with sexual passion, but if the Holy Spirit lives within you and you submit to His commands, you will burn with passion, but you will not burn up. You will not give in to those certain things. So that was the whole recap of the message that I preached last week. A lot of you guys liked it. Um, I'm glad you guys did because, you know, that was the first time I was, you know, it was one of those things. It does hit close to home. Lust was a big deal for me as a teenager. And so I get it when you struggle with lust. Maybe it's sex out of marriage. Maybe it's pornography. Maybe it's lustful thoughts. I get it. You know, it's very, very difficult. And so I'm with you on it. Like I understand the pain and the and the and the shame that you feel when you do it. Um, but there's grace, there's mercy, and there's repentance at your front door. Amen. Amen. So now we can get on to uh, the questions. We have seven questions total. I'm gonna try and go slow because I wanted this to be a lot longer. But if this is like a 15 minute, 30 minute um, uh, Q and A, then that would be fine. So. The first question, these were all by the leaders as well. Uh, so the first question is, what kind of relationship is needed between opposite sexes? Um, culture really makes it dysfunctional with the relationships that are required. We, we, we leave the requirements and we just go with whatever we feel. First Timothy 5, 1 through 2 says, Do not rebuke an older man harshly, but exhort him as if he were your father. Treat younger men as brothers older women as mothers, and younger women as sisters with absolute purity. And that scripture needs to be true with us today because we miss that. We miss that look, that 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 example, that representation of, oh, man, I should treat her like a sister or him like a brother. You know, we miss that. We treat them like they're like this toy. We treat them like they're, they're lower than us. We treat them like they're this... I'm being real with you, sexual object, and we don't treat them like a sister or a brother with absolute purity. And we need, to, we as believers, need to set that as an example for other people. 
And I think that's a relationship requirement is treating people like they're your own, like they're your own family member, you know? And so that really tugged on my heart. It's like, or, or uh, Dustin had sent this question in, and, and, he, and he referenced the scripture and it really spoke out to me. It's like, it's so true. Like I need to treat people, girls like sisters. I need to treat them like they're my own family with absolute purity. And so that's the kind of relationship required between that, especially if you don't have a relationship. That's how you can get yourself away from the sex out of marriage thing is treating them like a sister or treating them like a brother. Question number two, why wait? Oh, why wait till marriage for sex? Easy. First Corinthians 6, 18, 18 through 20. Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body. But whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You're not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. And it's so true. And that's the same thing when I talked about self-control. Our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. So that's why we need that self-control because we can burn with passion and not burn up because the Holy Spirit is within our bodies, our temples. We need to honor God with our bodies. So for example, if I get in a relationship with this girl, I and, I and I'm pretty sure and I'm hopeful and I'm confident that she will do the same thing. We're going to honor God with our bodies in our relationship. I'm not going to try and go above border lines and try and um, pass borders because my desires are being met. Like that is the people who do that set the worst examples. And I and I and I still love those types of people. Like I'm not saying that they're that I'm trying to judge them, but they set bad examples. And so. You need to understand that. Why wait till marriage? Because it's the right thing to do. Marriage is a covenant. Marriage is such a covenant. It's one of the purest covenants from God. And it's very precious. It's a very beautiful moment in your life. It's one. Of, it's the second greatest decision. Number one, accepting Christ as your Lord and Savior and asking the Lord to come into your heart and be Lord of your life. And then number two is... um. Getting getting married, getting in a relationship and getting married. That's the second biggest decision. So you have to take it seriously. People in this culture don't take it seriously. Remember, honor your honor God with your bodies in all that you do. Um, uh, question number three, how many are really waiting? Quotation, nobody is a virgin anymore. And this is kind of true, you know. I've I've even been asked this question from before, like, how many people really do this? You know, how many people are actually waiting till marriage to have sex? And it's it's not. And I'm and I'm gonna give you this answer. It's not about people who are not waiting. This is a between you and God, and you are the one that's waiting. Um, David said in one psalm, I forgot which reference it was, but he said. How can a man live in purity by living according to your word? And it's the same parallel to this scripture reference, John 14, 15. Jesus said to his disciples, if you love me, keep 
my commands. Or another version says, if you love me, you will keep my commands. And what that, and you have to learn tone is everything. God is not saying it in this way. He's not saying, if you love me, you will keep my, you, you keep my commands. But he's saying it in this way. He's saying, if you love me, you'll already keep my commands. If we desire God and if we, um, really love the Lord, he's saying it like this. He's saying, you love me, so you're already keeping my commands. But if you're not keeping my commands, do you really love me? And so you have to look at it at that, at that loving perspective. Jesus is saying it like this. You love me already, so you're already going to keep my commands. I don't have to worry about reminding you or keep telling you to keep it. You already love me, so the desire in you to keep the commands is already there. And so how many people are waiting? I'm pretty sure not a lot. I'm not going to I'm going to be vulnerable with you. This culture doesn't like waiting on purity for marriage. But I want to encourage you, be that difference. If you aren't that difference, you are still forgiven by the grace and the blood of Jesus. But if you haven't and you're discouraged by it, like man, like how many people are actually waiting? Can I just give in to this? No. Love God, keep his commands, stay pure by living what he has said. Like in 1 Corinthians 6, flee from sexual immorality, honor God with your body. I'm telling you, if you live by this command, if you live by fleeing from sexual immorality, flee from it, run from it. I'm telling you, waiting, I've heard pastors and couples, if you wait for marriage, the gift that God has given to marriage, it is so beautiful. It's precious. It's a blessing. It's a great thing. So wait till marriage. This is between you and God. Not Don't worry about what other people are waiting for. This is you and God. This is you, your walk with God. Keep that in mind. Uh, question number four. How do I manage my sexual passions? Um, it's very easy. It's like I said in Exodus 3, 2 through 3, when Moses said, when Moses saw that the bush was on fire, but it did not burn up. See, the way that, the way to manage the passion, and I think the seventh question is the same thing. Uh, the last question is the same thing. Cause the last question says, what are some ways that we can guard ourselves and uphold our self-control? And it's the same thing I said. How do I manage my sexual passions? This is how you do it. Ultimately, 1 Corinthians 6.18, I think that's the that's the main scripture reference I want you guys to get. Write it down. 1 Corinthians 6.18-20. 18, 18 Understand that the temple of the Holy Spirit, you are a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God. So now you have to realize that you're not your own. Understand, how do you manage the passion? Asking the Holy Spirit to control this passion because guess what sexual passion is a gift from god so it's already in you as a human being but if you let the holy spirit control that passion then you will be able to contain it you can burn with it you can burn like a fire within you but it will not burn up and so understand that passion can be can be managed but I'm going to answer the seventh question again in a different way because I did because I kind of went through these questions before. So how to manage the sexual passion? Understand, let the Holy Spirit be within you and you will not be able to burn up. That's how you manage the passion. Question number five, what are some payoffs of development? Uh, 
what are some payoffs to de- of developing yourself spiritually during your singleness? I think this is a very easy practical thing, uh, practical steps. But but I want you to write the write these things down that I'm about to tell you. What are some payoffs? Number one, get alone with God. Um, nothing. Look, look. I love reading His Word. I love worshiping. I love praying. But getting alone time, asking the Lord to come into your personal bubble area and saying, Lord, I invite you into this moment. I invite you into my time with you. I'm telling you, there's a spiritual part of it when you yield to the presence of God. Like, I'm being honest with you. I need the presence of God in everything that I do. When I'm preaching this podcast, I can sense the presence of God is here. He's guiding me through these questions. I can, I want the presence of God at, at, at my, at, at school, at CLC. I want the presence of God at my home with my family. I want the presence of God in, in the relation, the future relationship that I'm going to have with my future spouse. I want those, I want the presence of God in every aspect of my life. And so getting alone with God ushers the presence of God. And that's a way that that's going to give a great payoff of developing yourself. Because like I said, it's preparation. Um, another thing that can help you develop is just learn from other people. Learn from other Christian, married Christians that have gone through the singleness phase and also talk to people that have been in singleness for a long time and also ask them, what are the payoffs? Listen, I have never had a relationship before. Makes me look like a loser, just a little bit. But but I'm here to tell you that I'm telling you the payoff of me being single is preparing me for a great relationship that I am confident in having later on in my life. And so preparation singleness is preparation to the point where i'm i'm spending my time with god you need to be here are the payoffs be financially healthy boys you need a job you need a job oh but i love her look get, if you love her you will you will have money on the side and you're going to buy her food you're going to get her gifts for your birthday what is it oh, listen she will tell you, I can, I can, I can see it now. She'll tell you, even if you don't get anything on her birthday, she'll be like, Oh, it's okay. At least I have you. Doesn't matter. In the back of her mind, she's like, Why did this dude did not buy me a freaking present? Like, that's the, like, I would be the same way. Like, Oh man, like, like, I love you. And like, you're here. But at the back of my mind, of my selfish mind, I'm like, Man, why did they not take the time to get me something? But the thing is, is that we need to understand that you need to be financially prepared because if you're in a relationship and you're gearing it towards marriage, y'all are preparing, you're financially stabilizing the both of you, especially if she doesn't have a, if she's wanting to be a stay at home mom, you need to be, you need to be financially prepared. Another thing, like I said, spiritually prepared, read your word, pray to the Lord, get time with him and worship him day, day, day on a daily basis. That stuff is going to help you really develop and pay off. Like if you get spiritually healthy with all this, get spiritually prepared, developed, then you'll be mentally prepared, physically prepared. Yeah, get physically prepared. Like example, for me, I'm trying to eat right. Like I'm, I've been working out with a close friend at school. We've been lifting weights and stuff like that. Like I'm trying to get more healthy because when you get married, y'all are together. You don't have to care what people think. 
Because all the the only person that you should care that you should care about what you what you look like or think is her or him. So get yourself prepared now, just to have yourself keep yourself physically healthy. It's just a a, a, a great thing to do. Um, another thing, get yourself emotionally prepared. Not saying that other person is crazy or dysfunctional. We all have dysfunction. I have dysfunction. I'm pretty sure my future wife will have certain dysfunctions, but that doesn't stop you guys from being Christ, a Christ centered relationship. But I'm telling you, some things are going to get emotional and you have to be emotionally prepared. And that's where the spiritual part comes in. Spiritually, the spiritual part of your life covers the emotional and mental and physical state of your life. Even the phys- even the financial part. So just be prepared for that. Be prepared emotionally. Like I said, mentally, I had to, me- like, let me tell you something. Ministry is mentally challenging. Like right now, like I said, it sucks that I can't be with you guys. I had to come up with a Q&A with, with my leaders. Like it's a lot of stuff to do. But at the same time, it's created, my like mentally, I'm a lot more stronger now than I was even a year ago. Like I've gotten so much better mentally in a lot of areas. Like I take more notes than anything. I write stuff down, whatever comes to my mind. That's literally what I do. And it helps a lot. I promise you. Get spiritually healthy. Get mentally healthy, physically healthy, emotionally healthy, and be financially healthy. And that's what I'm doing right now, bro. I'm saving up the bank. I'm trying to be physically healthy. I'm trying to be emotional. And I'm a very emotional person, not on the point where like I'm controlled by my emotions, but I love, I love how it's okay. It's okay. Like example, when I sense the presence of God, sometimes I get emotional in worship. I freaking cry, bro. I'll tear up. No cap. I'll do it. But like I said, I'm not controlled by it, but I am emotional. So I have to be emotionally stable, but I love the sensitivity and the emotion of people. That's just such a beautiful thing I get to see. You get to see in a human being that God has created. And so just get, take all those, be spiritually healthy, mentally healthy, physically healthy, emotionally healthy, and financially healthy. Uh, Two more questions. Question number six, despite what the world may say, what why is it always best to abide in sexual purity? I had to answer this because it's a very dynamic question. Um, I will say the reason why it is best is because it's the right thing, but not just because it's the right thing, is because it saves you from a lot of trouble. Like, like it just when you abide in it, when you take it seriously. It really helps you progress how, okay, I'm not going to do that. Like, I'm going to stay sexually pure. Now, if you haven't, if you do not abide in sexual purity and you are sexually unpure, I pray that by the blood of Jesus, you're covered and that your sin's forgiven and that you repent from that evil way in Jesus' name. But if you are, keep abiding in that because some people, like I said, like, like from the third question, how many people are really waiting? That doesn't matter. You need to be the example to wait and abide in your sexual purity. You need to, you need to proclaim over yourself. I'm going to stick to this format and I'm going to keep it. Like I said, if both you and the significant other, if y'all are, Honoring God with your bodies and abiding in the sexual purity, keeping the boundaries, keeping yourselves accountable, 
your marriage will be so powerful in the beginning. You will, y'all will fly like a freaking rocket. Like it's abiding in sexual purity is a big deal. And you need to understand that you need to keep yourself accountable and keep yourself in that set of abiding in that sexual purity. Seventh and final question, what are some ways that we can guard ourselves and uphold our self-control? The ultimate way to start that off, because because I'm gonna give resources of ways to do self control, but the but you need to go to the source rather than just go to just the resources. So obviously, obviously, let your temple be a vessel of the Holy Spirit, like how First Corinthians six eight uh, nineteen says. Don't you know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you? If the Holy Spirit is within you, ask him for that self-control. It's the same thing as question number four. How do I manage the sexual passion? Let the Holy Spirit control your passion. Let it give you self-control. Because like I said, self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. It's not a willpower. It You have to understand that you need to abide in that self-control that the Holy Spirit has given on you. And now you're able to control it because the Holy Spirit, you're letting the Holy Spirit take control because your body's not your own anymore. Um, so if you, if you, and like I said, spend time with God, read his word, get into worship. Guys, I love worship. Like, uh, I freaking love worship. The reason why I do is mainly because I love music. Like my dad's a musician. A lot of my friends are musicians. Um, music is a big thing in our family, but Worship, but also worship's not just music. It's also obedience, being in spirit and truth. But when we talk about music, like example, Elevation Worship just came out with the song "The Blessing." If you haven't heard it, go. It's only on YouTube right now because I think their album doesn't release till May. But dude, their song is so good, dude. Like that song is so powerful. It's based off of Numbers. Write it down if you want to read the scripture. Numbers. 6 24 through 27 it's talking about the lord blessing you and keeping you let his face shine upon you let him be gracious to you and let him give you peace and then they start singing like amen amen and then um they they sing like let the let his favor be upon you and stuff like that and like a thousand generations let your children's children children be blessed or whatever it's a powerful song so i recommend that worship song but there are worship songs that i just love and i just adore and I really, really think, and I really believe that if you abide in those areas, God's going to be able to give you spiritual self-control, which that only, obviously, like I said, only comes from the fruit of the Spirit. But here are some resources. Now that I told you about the source, go to God for this. But for resources, I would say get an accountability partner. I don't care if you're a girl or a guy. Get with an, If you're a girl, go with a girl for accountability. If you're a guy, go with an older guy for an accountability I have I have two accountability partners uh, and they're with me at school. We we do a thing called because uh, I was an, another resource is obviously get a filtering app. But I would say if you especially if you have an iPhone, there's a thing. Obviously, we all know this is a thing called Screen Time, and you can restrict certain apps or certain. Um, uh, certain websites, apps, you can limit apps so you're not on it as long. Uh, I would say do that with a close accountability friend that you know you can trust because um, it's very, uh, very helpful. Um, 
Another thing is, is that, like I said, with screen time, limit your apps. Like, don't get on your phone as much. And that's another thing I want to point out for self-control. Even, like, see, video game. let me tell you something. Video games are not bad. I freaking love video games. Nothing's wrong with your phone. It's a great resource. Nothing's wrong with my computer. It's a great resource. But if I'm constantly on it, constantly doing stuff that's not productive, not helping me, because if you want to... If you want to uh, balance your, if you want to manage your sexual passion, you need to manage your flesh. And the way you do that is don't, don't, because I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you from experience. When I used to play video games as a teenager, a lot, I'll play for six hours straight, and then all of a sudden my flesh is risen. Even though it's not a sinful thing, it's just something that's not of God and is pleasing to the flesh. As my flesh rises, like, okay, I need to be satisfied in a certain area. And so after I get off the video games, I'll go look at pornography as a teenager. And that would happen a lot. And it happened continuously. Even with my phone, if I'm on my phone for too long, killing my brain cells with like with like YouTube or whatever. Obviously, we didn't have TikTok back then, but when it would happen, I it would the flesh rises to something that's not of God and something that's not refreshing to the soul. And so understand that before you can manage self-control, you need to ask God to manage your flesh. Your flesh, the Bible says your flesh and your spirit are constantly at a battle. So you need to understand that you need to try, you need no, you don't you don't need to try. You need to ask God to help you control your flesh to not to not get on stuff as often like like because of the screen time stuff with my friends I'm barely on my phone I'm on my laptop a lot but that's mainly because of church reasons like doing my notes or something like that answering emails or whatever that looks like writing sermons looking up videos that are resourceful but like I said don't be on something that long because you feed what like you have to ask yourself that question what are you feeding yourself are you feeding the flesh more than the spirit or are you doing the right thing and feeding the spirit more than the flesh and i've learned that and i want to encourage you if you're feeding the flesh more i encourage you feed the spirit more because you are going to struggle but don't let the flesh take over over and over again so i highly recommend Get an account, get with God, get to the source and help him give you self-control. Get an accountability partner, get uh use screen time on the iPhone, or if you have an Android, get an accountability app, a filtering app so that you can limit yourself. And then also don't get on your phone or any type of like video games or whatever that is. Don't get on it as much. Don't please the flesh too long so that you can give in to sexual desires. And I think that's it. I think that's all the questions. Yep, that's all seven questions. Um, I, I actually genuinely enjoyed this. I kind of practiced it before and I was like, wow, like that was amazing. And it kind of, kind of didn't say the same stuff because when you're recording or when you're in a live audience, it gets very awkward and you kind of have a hard time presenting it. But I'm so thankful that we were able to get, I was able to get this message out. That's all for the Q and A for burning with passion. Like I said, go back in the podcast and like write these questions down and get the scripture references. And if, and answer these for yourself, get with a family, family members or close friends, accountability friends, and just talk about these questions with each other. Cause these things, you want to answer these for yourself. I answered questions that I've learned from my own experience in life and even from biblical scripture. Like I've learned biblically and from experience, but I want you to answer this for yourself. Get alone with God or get alone with your friends and God and answer these questions for yourself and try to help yourself 
in these areas because maybe if you take these questions and answer it for yourself, maybe you can help someone else that's struggling with these same type of things, having these questions in their mind, you know, what kind of relationship is needed between the opposite sexes? Why wait till marriage? How many are really waiting? How do I manage sexual passions? What are some payoffs for my singleness? Uh, despite what the world may say, what, why is it best to abide in sexual purity? And then finally, what are some ways that I can guard our, we can guard ourselves and uphold our self-control? Write those questions down and, and, and answer it for yourself. And if someone needs help with this, you know, help them answer that. Like, give them good answers. So, I love you guys. I hate that we didn't have service, but I'm glad these questions were really good. I enjoyed this. Um, remember, uh, we're going to post on social media certain phone numbers. Like, I'm going to give my phone number out. Hope I'll give out certain leaders their Instagrams or their phone numbers out. If you need any help in this time, maybe it's not even about sexual purity. Maybe it's about the coronavirus. Maybe you have a lot of anxiety and, like, pressure and, like, you feel like the world's going to end. Like, get with us and let us encourage you. Like, let me or, or someone like Dustin or Colin or Anna or Amelia or Haley, let us, let us encourage you in these times because it is very frightening. But let us encourage you as leaders and as the Holy Spirit guides us. Let us give you, uh, uh, promises that God has made in our lives for us to prosper in this time, especially for the coronavirus, but also with these questions, if you're struggling with these certain areas, it's okay to talk about it. It's okay to let it all out and let us pray for you and just learn to repent and turn away from these certain things. So I hope you guys enjoyed. That was freaking sicko mode. I'm gonna pray for you guys. And then the podcast will come out tomorrow afternoon. So yeah, it'll come out Thursday afternoon and we'll post it on the social media when it comes out. Father, I thank you for this time, for this Q&A, Lord. I thank you that you have given me the word, the right words to say. Whatever the words I spoke, Lord, let the Holy Spirit open the ears of the students or whoever is listening to this podcast. I pray they get something from this and that they can apply it to their own life. Father, I pray a blessing and a favor over everyone who's listening to this, going through this coronavirus situation. Father, I pray that you protect your people from this evil, horrible disease. And Father, I pray the blood of Jesus over every single person in our church and the churches across Louisiana and across the state and across the world. Father, protect your people. And we pray a blessing over everyone for this afternoon, for Wednesday afternoon and Thursday afternoon, and for the rest of this time that we are spending time with you and we're spending time with our loved ones. And it's in Jesus' mighty, precious name we pray. Amen. Love you guys. Can't wait to hear from you guys on social media or me uh, personally contacting me. Uh, we'll record uh, next week is going to be a message. I'm going to preach a podcast message next Wednesday, and that'll come out the Thursday afternoon. Love you guys. I will preach to you guys <laughs> or contact you guys uh, in just a little bit or whatever, whatever that looks like. Love you guys. I'll see y'all next time.